You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, make sure to give us a five-star rating, like, and share this podcast so that it can get out to more people. Who enjoyed this, this message this morning? Huh? It was powerful, right? Amen. Well, same great spirit, same great God. I feel like I'm kind of piggybacking off of this morning a little bit. The title of the message is Be Patient, He's Working. And I want to talk to you about being patient in the Lord. And for the Lord to give me this message is funny because uh, whenever it comes to driving, I'm probably the most impatient person around. I probably have most of you fooled that I'm patient. I can go and sit with people for an hour or so. But but when it comes to wanting stuff done, I am the most impatient person. Cindy will tell you that I want it done now. And so the Lord's still working on me. Amen. So at times we can't see God working. And we don't see how he's working, but he's working. We, we start facing trials and tribulations and we just, we get upset. And we don't stop to think. We don't give God the time that, that he needs to move. In Psalm 68 and 35, it says, Oh God, thou art terrible out of thy holy places. Meaning he wants fear, he wants respect, he wants honor and adoration. But he says, the God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. He's the God of Israel. He's the God of same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God who runs and rules our life and our universe. But when we face trials and tribulations, our tendency too often is to try to figure it out on our own. If we try to just run to a friend or to a family member. But he says in Romans 12 and 12, he says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually instant in prayer, meaning constant in prayer, rejoicing in hope. Whenever we face a a tribulation, we should be rejoicing that the hope is in Christ. No matter what we're going through, we have seen Christ Jesus lay down his life. He took everything for us and we should be rejoicing in that tribulation. Not many of us do that. He says, be patient in that tribulation. He says, constant in prayer. And that's not most of us. We usually say, hey, Siri, None went off, Cindy. We were debating. We usually say, hey, Siri, we Google our solutions. We Google our situations. We call our friends for those self-diagnosis. They usually tell us if our kids are sick, we usually call a nurse. We call Becky Sands or somebody that we know that's in nursing. And we say, hey, this is what the symptoms are. What do you think is going on? Amen. But in 2 Kings 5, there's a man with a problem. And his name is Naaman. I'm going to read verses 1 through 14. Now Naaman, captain of the Lord of of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. He's a great man to his master. He's a man of valor, but he's a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus, said the maid, that is of the land of Israel. Listen, she's the Google of that modern day. She, she, she has been captive. She's a little girl. She's scared. She's held captive. She's in slavery, forced slavery, but she still by the word of mouth, is able to tell them that God, the God of Israel, the God that she knows, the God that's in Samaria, and a prophet is able to bring healing unto their mistress master. Amen? 
Most of us, we don't even have the courage. We live in a free world. And most of us don't even have the boldness that this little girl has to go share the gospel. And the king of Syria said, go, go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiment. Listen, God doesn't want your silver and gold. He doesn't want your raiment. Whenever you, want to, whenever you want to be healed, whenever you're looking for something, the Bible tells us that we should fast and pray. Don't bring silver and gold. Bring your tithe and your offering to the storehouse and allow God to do what he wants to do. But don't take an offering of such nature to God. He says, pray, pray and fast. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel saying, now when this letter is come unto thee, Behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter, and, they rent, and he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. Right here, I believe that the king of Israel isn't that close to God. I believe that he's terrified. I believe that, that his relationship with God is not what it should be. I believe that he's not walking as close. Uh, Pastor Kerry said that, that our, re our relationship matters. Our intimacy matters with God. He rent his clothes. He said, he said I'm scared against this, against this king of Syria. I'm terrified of, of that army. I'm terrified of what they may do to us. Our relationship with God matters. He should know that he serves the king of hosts, the Lord of Israel, that God is, is the one that put him in order. But he's scared. And it, came, and it was so when Elijah, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Naaman sends comfort to the king of Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. And Elijah sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shall be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I, not, may I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near and spoke unto him and said, Father, if the prophet had, thee, had bid thee do some great things, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than he saith to thee, wash, be clean. Listen, Naaman, here's our patient. Be patient. He's working. Naaman's, Naaman's thinking, I thought he would surely come out to me. I thought he would stand next to me and call upon the name of Jehovah, his God, the God of Israel. I thought that he would come out and lay his hand upon me and that I would be healed. Or Abana, far poor, not better rivers than the river Jordan. Listen, the, the problem is that even going home back to Syria, the Jordan is on the way. He's got a major problem. He's not being patient. Even though the Jordan is on the way, he's got to cross through to get to where he needs to go anyway. But he's not seeing, he's not hearing what the word has for him. He's not seeing what the prophet is speaking to him. He's angry and upset that, that he's not getting the way, he's not getting it healed the way that he wants it healed. 
Just think, he probably went out there to the Jordan. And as he was dipping, as he came back up, he's thinking and he's looking at his skin and he's seeing nothing. That's many of us, whenever we start getting in our prayer closet, we start praying and we're asking God for these things. And whenever we get up and we don't see it the way that we want to see it, we get a little bit distraught. We get a little bit angry. We get a little bit concerned that God's not hearing us. When, we, when he dipped down again the second time and he comes up, I can imagine that he's thinking, I'm going to kill my friends who just told me I need to get wet in this water. He dipped down the third time and he's probably thinking, that prophet doesn't know what he's talking about. He dipped the fourth time and he's thinking, I'm going to kill the king of Israel for he sent me to the prophet. He dipped this next time and he's probably thinking, man, I'm going to start war against Israel. This is our prayer life. He's representing our prayer life because we're not seeing a move. But don't quit in your prayer life. Keep pressing in till God answers your prayer, no matter how many times it takes to pray through. Amen. He dips the seventh time and he comes up and he's clean. And he rejoices. He doesn't just head home. He turns around and he goes back to the prophet. He's a radical Christian. He's been changed. Many of us, we need to be changed whenever we get dipped. Through the spirit of God, we need to change in a radical way. He goes back to the prophet and he says, listen, here's the silver and the gold and the clothing I brought to you. And the prophet still says, no, my God provides all my needs. He says, but listen, my, my, my king, he worships a different God. And whenever I go into that, I'm just asking that you would speak to Jehovah, your God, that he would forgive me whenever I bow my knee to the, to the God of Rimeon. Amen. Most of us, we don't press in to what God's asking us to press into. John 16 and 33, it says, These things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Where do we find our peace at? In our relationship with Christ Jesus, our intimacy, our, intimacy, our personal walk with him every day of our life. If we're not getting into God's word every day, if we're waiting to Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whatever Bible study you may be in, if you're just waiting for that day, it's not a relationship. If I don't go home to my wife every day, I have no relationship. If I don't talk to her every single day of my life, I have no relationship. With my children, it's the same way. I have no relationship. Our peace comes from knowing Jesus. No matter the storms that we face, we can have peace. If you don't know Jesus, the storms in your life are going to be more vicious. They're going to be more violent. And they're going to be more deadly. More deadly because if you don't know Jesus Christ, friend, heaven is not your home. You're bound for hell. And that's why we must confess our sins. We must ask Jesus to come into our hearts and allow him to be the king of our lives. He says, Christians, we need to, we need to grow up. We need to mature in our faith. When we get knocked down, we don't need to stay down. We need to get up. We can't not be courageous in the fight against the adversary of the devil. No matter what we're going through, you can't stop believing that God is able. We can't lose sight of what God has done. Just because you get into a dark place doesn't mean that God isn't working. C.S. Lewis once asked, why are so many holy places dark places? The cross, the tomb, the stable, they're holy because even in the dark of night, God is working. Breaking through the husk around our hearts and bringing life from under dead leaves. 
God is working. Whenever, whenever he said breaking through the husk of our heart. And all I could think about was, was an ear of corn. And how you start. And you start ripping it away little by little. And even though you think you have it clean, those strings are still laying there. And no matter how many times you, you scrub it underneath there. Whenever you go to bite into that corn, there's a string. That's God with our heart. He's just trying to bite into our heart and take a little bit. And every day that we'll give it to him. He's just wanting to, he's just wanting to clean it up for his good and for his glory. And he says, bringing life under dead leaves. Listen, the stable is where the love of God for his creation was born. The stable, the dark of night, is where Christ Jesus was born just for us. Brought to life so that we could have a life. Born in a manger so that we could live. The cross is where the love of God for his creation was displayed. In the darkness of death, where the devil thought he triumphed. Our life began. And the tomb was where the love of God for his creation exploded in hope. The fight. He went down to hell. He took the keys from hell, death, and the grave. He punched the devil in the mouth. And he took back the captive saints that were there and led them back home to where they, where they would live with him forever. And he still sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on, on our behalf. And he's coming back one day. God is able to turn all suffering to good. And the glorious ends. Out of, out of the worst, Christ can bring the best. Romans 8 and 28 says, And we know that all things, not some things, but all things work together for good to them that love God. Do you love God? Do you love God? Hello, do you love God? Hello, do you love God? Amen. Amen. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Do you, did you hear that? To them who are the called. You are the called. Whenever Jesus knocked at your heart, when the Holy Spirit started knocking, you became the called. Why? For his purpose. So listen, everything in life, it has a purpose. No matter what we're going through, we got to learn to be patient because God is working for us. Amen? Romans 8 and 37 says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Who? The called are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So be patient because God is working. We need to remember that with God, nothing is impossible. No task is too hard. No problem too difficult. No burden too heavy. So no matter what you're going through, God is with you. Do not put your will above his will though. Be patient. Don't insist on your own ways. Psalms 55 and 8 and 9 says, but my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Listen, there's a song that's been playing over and over that I've been listening to by Toby Mack. And it's called Help is on the Way. And some of the lyrics says, it may be midnight or midday. It's never early and it's never late. Help is on the way. Sometimes it's days. Sometimes it's years. Some face a lifetime of falling tears, but he's in the darkness. He's in the cold, just like the morning. He always shows help is on the way. And he continues to say, but the Lord ain't failed me yet. And then he goes into this thing and he starts talking about God rolling up his sleeves. And whenever I heard that part about God rolling up the sleeves, I could think about my dad rolling up his sleeves. And I could think about how many times whenever he rolled up his sleeves, he got down and dirty with me and he helped me through whatever it was that I was, that I was doing. And I'm the same father. 
I'm the same worker. Whenever I worked at the chicken shack, I'd, I'd roll up my sleeves and I'd dive head first into whatever they needed help with. Whenever I worked at the pizza shop, it was the same thing. I rolled up my sleeves and I got dirty with them. God is the same God that he, he wants to get dirty with you because he's going to bring you through on the clean side. Amen. He's not scared. Listen, you think, why would God get dirty? Well, he went to hell and conquered the grave, right? So you think about that. He's willing to get dirty for you and for me because he wants to clean up our heart. He wants to... To tear away that husk of our heart so that we can be with him. Help is on the way. Be patient. No matter what you're going through, be patient. Amen. In closing tonight, John 15 and 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. If you remain in Christ and his words live in us, ask what you will and it will be given to you. Jesus is teaching us the assurance of our petitions. We must trust in the promise of this scripture. If you abide in me, if you abide in Jesus, live in his word, and my words abide in you. Man, I, I, I don't have every word memorized, but whenever pastor gets up and he starts preaching and he starts reciting a piece of scripture, reading off scripture, I can say it with him. I don't know where it's at, but the word abides in me. Does it abide in you? Because it needs to. And you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Listen, it's good to expect an immediate result, an immediate answer. I'm all for it. If a guy shared a testimony walking out today, I prayed for his hip, and I don't even know how many months ago it was. But he said, hey, ever since you prayed for my hip, it hasn't hurt. And all glory to God. That's a testimony of God's strength. Amen? Listen, I do expect immediate answer whenever I pray, but don't get discouraged if the immediate doesn't come. Don't expect it the way that you want it or the place that you want it or in the manner that you're seeking it. Naaman said, surely the prophet would have come out to me. He wasn't expecting Gehazi to come down and say, listen, the prophet said, go dip in the, in the Jordan seven, seven times. He said, surely he would stand by me and call upon the name of his God. He said, surely he would lay hands on me and I would be healed. These waters are far better than the Jordan. It wasn't the way that, that Naaman thought it was going to be because God works in mysterious ways. Amen? Amen. Rest in the Lord. Be patient. Psalms 34, 17 and 18 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save us such as be of a contract spirit. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. That I re I, whenever I read it again this evening studying, all I could think about was my children. I had Trevor wrecked his bike, and he was outside, and he, he was coming down the hill being a little bit foolish, and, and he wound up flipping over those handlebars, and all I could hear was his cry. And the dad that was inside of me raced out my front door and ran over, picked him up. He was probably 100 yards away. I wasn't winded. I wasn't tired. My concern was his safety and well-being. And whenever I saw blood coming from his forehead and from his chin, my next concern was getting him to where he needed to go. As, a, as, a, as We have a nurse that's in our neighborhood running down. And she goes, let me help you. Let me help you. I said, can you give stitches? She said, no. I said, you can't help me then. Amen. That's the God. He hears our cry. He hears our cry and he's coming to help his righteous every day. We're his children. He says, the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and save us such as be of a contract spirit. Christ was stricken, smitten, afflicted, wounded and bruised, broken. 
his blood shed for you and me so that we could live life in him. Listen, be patient. He's working. Luke 4 and 18 tells me Jesus was sent to heal the brokenhearted. And our brokenness is when we draw close to God. In every brokenness that we ever face, that's whenever we plant our knees to the ground and we put our face to the ground, and that is when we pray the hardest, whenever we're seeking him. Listen, what if we prayed that hard before brokenness came? What if we got there? That way we'd be prepared for the storm of our life and knowing that God is working already. And when you draw close to him, he draws close to you. Listen, tonight this altar's open. If you have any brokenness, again, I believe I'm piggybacking off this morning's message, so I don't think it's by mistake. I believe that some people are here with some brokenness of some nature. And this altar's open for you to come, petition before God, ask him to give you the patience that you need, ask him to show you, to speak to you. Listen, I've been praying for things, and, and, I, and I ask God, is it going to be healed? Tell me when it's going to be healed. I want to know. Whenever I pray for his blood clots, Lord, I'm praying, Lord, is it dissolved yet? Every day I'm asking that question. It's okay to ask that question. I'm praying for other people and I'm just asking, Lord, is that healing there yet? I'm asking, I'm seeking him, not just for me, but for you. Tonight, this altar's open. Bring your brokenness. Allow God to move in your life. And if you want prayer, raise a hand. I'm encouraging you because God hasn't made a mistake by giving two messages about going through a storm today. If you would, bow your head, close your eyes. I believe that everybody's saved, but if you don't know Jesus, today could be your last day. You don't know what could happen to you. On Wednesday, we left Bible study. Mile marker 118, there was a young lady in the rain. She got smacked and she hit the wall and she was facing traffic. She was going southbound, but she was turned northbound. And whenever I drove by her, she was screaming out of her mind, terrified. We don't know what could happen. We left here going to Walmart thinking that we were going to have a good time. But we wind up throwing that car in reverse and putting hazard lights on along with two other vehicles and stopping in the middle of 79 to save somebody. Jesus wants to save you. Maybe you've been saved, but maybe you're not walking right. Tonight's a night to rededicate your life and come back to God. He wants to minister to you so that you can minister for him. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray tonight, Lord God, as you've given us a message today about the storms, Lord God, that we face and how to go through them. Lord, I've, I've delivered the mail. I've given it the way that you prepared it. So Father, tonight, I pray that our minds are open to you, our hearts are open to you. And before we leave here, Lord God, it would be clean and clear with you. Lord, I pray, I pray a hedge of protection over everybody. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, Lord God, that as we walk this week, Lord God, that we would be, continue to be transformed 
into your image, Lord God, from glory to glory. Changes, Lord God, our desires to be changed into who you want us to be and more like you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for life. We're thankful for the cross and all that you do, Lord God. We love you and we need you. Lord, we're asking for peace. For peace, Lord God. Father, we lift up Rusty and other people that are going through COVID right now. Lord, and we ask that their lungs, Lord God, Anthony Hamrick, Lord God, we're asking, Barbara Coleman, Lord God, we're asking that their lungs would be open, Lord God. Leonard, Lord God, we're asking that his lungs would be open, Lord God, that oxygen would flow in their bodies, Lord God. Their hearts, Lord God, there wouldn't be any damage or scarring, Lord God, but the God of this universe, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, by his stripes we're healed, Lord God. I'm asking, Lord God, that you would remove all junk from us and heal our bodies in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we love you and we surrender to you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 